From the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb, school counselor, USCA board member, and every week I'll be speaking with different counselors and professionals that will be giving us valuable information in our counseling world. We cannot wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Sounding Board from the Utah School Counselors Association, where we engage with vital topics for school counselors. I'm your host, Nate Webb, and this is October, guys. We are in the last day of October. We are in Halloween. And now you guys all just cringe listening to a grown man just say that. But we got a special episode in store for you today. As autumn leaves fall and Halloween approaches, we're diving into a theme that's both timely and important. Today, we're discussing empowering students through self-esteem to give you some strategies for a resilient fall and coming into winter. The fall season often brings about changes and challenges for students. You know, they're adjusting to new routines, academic pressures, maybe even deal with seasonal blues. And it's crucial that school counselors are equipped with the right tools to boost their self-esteem and resilience. Um, First, we're going to explore some of the various factors that are affecting students' well-being during the fall season. It ranges from academic stressors to the psychological impact of shorter days. Understanding these challenges is the first step in addressing them. You know, fall is one of these things start to get darker, right? The days start to get darker. Literally, the days start to get shorter during the fall. There's less sunlight. It's grayer. It's darker, literally. And with less sunlight, with a darker climate comes a darker mood, That's when some kids can start to fall into seasonal depression. They start getting dreary because the weather starts getting dreary. And it is, it's important to notice which one of your students might be being affected by that, by just the weather. And it's good to be aware of that because fall is when things, it just gets darker and that seasonal depression starts to sink in. Additionally, first quarter wrapped up for for most of us a little while ago. And a lot of us are even approaching midterms for second term. Meaning, A, students are stressed out right now because grades for term one posted and some of them did not get the grades that they wanted and some of them did not get the grades that they needed to participate in their in their winter sports. I mean, I'm an assistant um, girls wrestling coach still um, and I have several wrestlers who did not make grades for first term and they're begging and talking to their teachers to what can I do to make it up? And it's sad because they should have done it during the first quarter, but now they're super stressed because now they're having to play even more catch up and it's even more stressful because they're having to keep up with term two grades. Cause if they don't make term two grades, they definitely can't participate. And they're trying to make up term one grades so that they can start to participate. And so it's super stressful. Um, so fall is also a good time to remind them about like studying strategies, about you know pr- time prioritization, getting things done on time, how we can do that, how we can list it out. It's a good time to go over that because it comes it comes it comes to it comes time for crunch time. There we go. I couldn't get it out of my mouth. It comes to crunch time, and they start to struggle and get stressed out because of it. Um, and then um. Yeah, I already said that. That I was going to say they're in distress because they can't participate in the sport they sport they want to because of poor grades and attendance. Um, so there are things to think about. The impact of fall on student well-being. Also, think about this: we are one month away from Christmas break. We are less than a month away from Thanksgiving break. 
And obviously today, Halloween, um, kids are just not going to be focused at all. But because we are so close to breaks, it can be so easy for kids to just check out that. I mean, in 12th grade year, they call it senioritis, right? That senioritis sense in. Well, every grade feels that at different points during the year. And October is difficult because you are so close to a bunch of big breaks. It can be really hard for them to focus. And so having that, uh, just being able to identify the effect of fall having on your kids so that you can help assist your teachers through the different classroom lessons that you do, through the different things you do individually with them. And so next, we're going to dive into some practical strategies, um, different things um, for helping to build the students self-esteem during these months, helping to build them up positive attitudes, positive affirmations, confirmations, whatever you got to do. So we're going to discuss some classroom activities, counseling techniques, and just ways to foster a positive self-perception among your students. Now, first off with some classroom activities, you can discuss, well, you can do group discussions. (laughs) Um, Group discussions, they can create a supportive environment where students share their thoughts and their experiences. You know, this can boost their self-esteem and make them feel heard and valued. Giving the students an opportunity to just talk is really beneficial. Um, Oftentimes, you can run groups, resiliency groups, um, seasonal depression groups, you name it, you can run a group for it. Um, And you can just literally, it's so nice because you just facilitate it. You say, all right, how are you feeling here? And then they open up, they talk about how they're feeling, they talk about, and sometimes they can go overboard, and that's why you're there to facilitate, to steer it in the right direction. Um, You know, get people to participate as they're comfortable with, but it's a really great way to help them feel seen, help them feel heard. Um, Another powerful thing that you can get kids started on, it does not work for everyone because not everyone enjoys doing this, but journaling, you would be surprised how effective it can be for a lot of those reserved kids that don't like going to resiliency group. They don't like talking in front of people. Journaling is a private space for those students to express their thoughts, emotions, and achievements. And so it can be a great tool for self-reflection and growth. The caveat I always put on journaling is if you are in a bad mindset, if you are journaling in a bad mindset, that can also spiral the way you are currently thinking. And so it's important to actually teach kids how to journal effectively, how to journal in a healthy way instead of kind of ruminating the problem and seemingly making it feel worse. Um, all right. And then uh, just a value of self-assessment. Um, self-assessment activities, they can just help students recognize their strengths and their areas for improvement. And this process encourages self-awareness and growth. There's lots of different self-assessments kids can take online. Heck, when I mean, when I was in high school on Facebook, self-assessments were the rage, right? Which Disney princess are you? What 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 villain are you? What color are you? What what is your Hogwarts house? You know, those are all self-assessments to some degree. And if we can find effective ways to distribute those to students, especially at the start here in this start mid part of the year, it can really be effective. So. Anyway, so those are some classroom activities that you can do. Just some thoughts here. Now, specifically for counselors, some counseling techniques um, that would help us help them because when they come to us often, right, they're in distress. When they come to us for one-on-ones, we either call them down for a CCR to talk to them or it's an, it's a, it, they're in distress and you need to talk to somebody. So obviously, when someone's talking to you as a counselor, we need to use <clears throat> sorry, 
we need to use active listening. Um, truly listening to our students when they feel heard, their self-esteem can improve as they realize that their thoughts and their feelings matter. That they're not just talking to someone that's going, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Because then they really don't think that you care. If you're just passively listening to them, you're distracted. You're just like, ah, man, they're taking a long time. When am I going to get to lunch? Like, you know, they can tell if you're engaged. And if you're not engaged, then they're not going to think that their thoughts matter. So please actively listen to them. As they're talking with you, you need to emphasize empathy. You know, demonstrating empathy and understanding can create a safe space for students. And it shows that their counselors care, which is a powerful self-esteem booster. Um, This guy, I forgot his name. When I was very, very first counselor, um, I went to a conference and this guy talked about how just if you had one supportive adult, charismatic adult in your corner growing up, your chances for success were astronomically bigger than if you didn't. And that's a big deal. And for a lot of people, you are that person. You are that one charismatic adult that is listening to them whine and complain about seemingly some of the stupidest stuff ever, right? So-and-so broke up with me. So-and-so ruined my life. So-and-so's looking at me weird. And it feels dumb in the moment. But to them, that is their life. That is their reality. And that matters. And so it matters that you're listening. And when you emphasize empathy, when you show by example, but also teach them how to use empathy, they will be significantly happier and significantly less affected by the seasonal depression stuff, the anxiety stuff, um, because they're able to use that um, and activate it within their life. Um, And then the last thing I want to talk about, actually, with struggling kids, especially in this time of year, is goal setting. Um, Goal setting, like setting achievable goals, smart goals, right? Um, Smart goals, everyone's heard of this. It's used in almost every leadership anything for youth. Um, I first learned it in scouts, and I've seen it multiple times in professional areas. Um, I've seen it when I was in the missionary training center right before my mission. I've seen it in college. I've seen it in my master's program. I've seen it at conferences. I see it all the time. Smart goals are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. Um, and check all those boxes. You don't eat an elephant all at once. You eat it one bite at a time. And so your goal needs to be specific. What specific things do you want to do? In order for it to be specific, it needs to be measurable. You know, it, it needs to have some quantitative measurement that you can see whether or not you are hitting that goal. So a lot of kids, they they need to get passing. They want to get on track. That is a big stressor for them. They are not on track for graduation or on track to participate in a sport, whatever it might be. And so a lot of the kids have academic goals of bringing their grades up. And so they can set a specific goal. I want to have a B in my calculus, in my physics, in my history of film, whatever the class may be. I want to get a B, an A, whatever they want to get. And then they can set up their specific, all right, what do I have to do to get there? Well, maybe turn my stuff in on time, right? (laughs) Among other things. Um, Yeah, so specific, measurable, attainable means you are not just saying, oh, I'm going to I'm going to walk on the moon. (laughs) You're going to say, hey, I'm going to get into the Air Force Academy so that I can become a pilot so that I can become a NASA pilot so that I can get on the moon. You see where I'm going with that? And then relevant, obviously, it needs to be pertainable to what you're doing. And then timely, you got to put a time limit on it. By this date, I am going to improve my percentage X amount so that I can be 
able to wrestle so that I'm not having an F in my classes. But when we can help kids set goals, it makes their dreams a reality. It makes the things they want to do a reality. And that is the important part, where they're able to bring to fruition the things that they desire. And it helps bring them out of the funk. It makes fall fun, winter fun, because they feel like they're succeeding. Anyway, lastly, I just want to talk about fostering self, uh, positive self-perceptions, especially during these sad months. It's so easy to get down on ourselves. Um, so celebrate uniqueness. Explain how every student is unique to these kids. So many of these kids are like, huh? I wish I was just like someone else. I just wish that I was, you know, and it's like, guys, celebrate your uniqueness. A lot of, a lot of the negative self-perceptions is because they, they view their uniqueness as weirdness and they think that they don't belong in X, Y, and Z when that's just simply not true. So help them celebrate their uniqueness. And then the biggest thing, though, is the role of supportive relationships, um, building strong supportive relationships with teachers, peers, family members. Everything can significantly impact a student's self-esteem. You know, you're their counselor. You're always in their corner and they know that. But help them build good relationships with teachers, help them build good relationships with their parents, with their, you know, with with their family members and things like that. So they can have multiple people in their corner so they can have an entire support unit instead of feeling like they're alone during these fall months. So anyway, there you guys go. If you saw any nuggets in there that you enjoyed, please make sure to just go back and re-listen to those and you can clip it and post it, whatever you want to do with it. That is totally fine. Thank you guys so much. Um, just a reminder, we have conference this week. Like if you're listening to this, I'm posting it immediately after making this. We have conference this week. USCA conference, all the details for that is going to be in the podcast description. We hope to see all of you there. There will be active registration there here. Let me pull up the email actually right now. I'm going to pull up the email right now so that we can... Um, Look at all the details so you guys can know. I know it is in the podcast description. I am aware of that. But I also just want you guys to have all the info. Um, so here, here's what it says. USCA 2023 uh, attendees. Um, we are excited to have you join us for this year's conference. Please read through the email carefully for information about the conference, how to access the virtual information, all the good stuff. Um, so. Registration is going to open at 7.30 and the opening session begins at 8 o'clock a.m. So you can register right there and then when you get there if you have not yet registered. Obviously, it's going to be more expensive there in person, probably. Um, now, you can also access the schedule by downloading the ASCA State app. Even though it's a USCA conference, you can have the schedule by using the ASCA State app. Um, now, the location of this is going to be... Um, all right, there we go. So it's going to be in Provo. Um, it's going to be 220 West Center Street, um, Provo, Utah. Um, so we hope to see all of you guys there. They're going to be giveaways. Um, there's going to be food. There's going to be breakfast. There's going to be lunch, snacks, drinks, you name it. It's going to be there. Also, I am going to be speaking not to toot my own horn. I'm going to be doing that. There's going to be lots of fantastic breakout speakers, a really good keynote speaker that we have lined up and just a fantastic couple of days of conferencing. So please, please, please. We would love to see you there. That is going to be this Thursday and Friday. So you can show up at 7:30 for registration and then we will just see you there. We're so excited for this wonderful opportunity that we have for this wonderful conference that we have coming up. So anyway, 
Thank you guys so much. That is it for today's episode. We hope you found this discussion helpful and inspiring. Remember, your role as a school counselor has a profound impact on the lives of your students. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share the sounding board with your fellow counselors and educators. Together, we can make a difference. Hope you all have a wonderful day, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email the sounding board at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors to find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi-monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current Utah school counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Utah School Counselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselors Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go.